Welcome to Cinema 7. I'm your host for this episode, Mario Bakari. And we are talking about today the Netflix series Glow. Now, uh, I was the first one to finish. Uh, Chris Hawk was the one to tell us it was really good. And uh, John Kenoki just finished. Um, watched it in a day. Watched it in a day. I, I guess I should introduce them. Uh, Chris Hawk, you're virtually to my right on, on the Skype call. So Chris Hawk is to my right. That's me. And John Kenoki is virtually to my left. I'm virtually to your forward. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. So you guys ready to talk about some glow? You guys bring any uh, interesting... Uh, to- the power of the glow? Power of the glow. <laughs> you possess the power of the glow. So <laughs> I guess we could describe glow first. Chris Hogg, if you wanted to describe glow for us... So Glow is based off the 1985, about four years run wrestling show about gorgeous ladies of women, hence the word Glow. And it... Wrestling. What did I say? You said gorgeous ladies of women. (laughs) (laughs) It still works. (laughs) I guess. They came from women, John, so they're gorgeous ladies of women. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Oh, this is gonna be good. And it it shows it's a almost a comedy drama wrestling show on Netflix. It's, it's definitely a dramedy, I would say. Yeah, it's it's based off of true events that actually happened. Uh, if you watched the Glow documentary, there are personas and identities that have been taken from that show and added on to the Netflix show. So there's a, there's a lot of homage there. There's a lot of some things might be over the top, but this probably was kind of true to form of what really happened back in the 1980s. I do, I do want to say, I believe it's more, even though wrestling is involved, I feel like wrestling is kind of just the backdrop and you know, it, it's more about the women in it than it is the wrestling. I feel like. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's only like three or four episodes that actually deal with wrestling. It's definitely uh, taking a story involving wrestling and dramatizing it, but I mean, wrestling still gets a good spotlight, but not in terms of actual wrestling, just the uh, kind of the behind the scenes, in a sense. I do have to admit, as a, as a wrestling fan, as someone who was involved in wrestling, it is it was at first... I hate when they t- when they reveal stuff because you know wrestling is obviously supposed to be a portrayal of actual combat, and I think everybody by now knows it's 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 uh, performance art. And what? <laughs> it's like a play, uh, but with more athleticism in a way. Uh, not saying that plays don't like uh, dancing, ballets, and and musicals have. Athleticism. I mean, you obviously do to do some of the crazy dance moves and numbers they do, but it's more of like a a a, showcase. Yeah, it's a physical opera. Yeah, 
And, um, you know, as a person who's been involved in it and is really big fan of it since the womb, uh, I just, you know, it's, it was, it's kind of hard to, to, to see that be revealed to people, but you know, in the internet day and age, it pretty much already is revealed. Uh, you know, people leak stuff all the time about storylines and people, uh, pretty much already know i mean there was that documentary in the mid 90s called beyond the mat i think where they revealed uh you know pretty much all the the secrets of wrestling and uh you know it's just it's just hard to deal with but as it goes on you know i i fell more in love with uh the storytelling of these women and how good it is in my opinion um i do like uh I do like I did get used to them talking about wrestling because I do I do think it shows wrestling in a in a positive way almost. Um, so, so you so you think they actually did wrestling right because you're not mad that they did wrestling wrong. No, I, I I'm more mad that they revealed stuff about wrestling. But I mean I, I like I said I, it's all over the internet now and there's no helping that. But. I just. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's common knowledge at this point, yeah. I just don't want people to think, oh, well, that's easy, blah, blah, blah. And and I think the show kind of shows you that it there is a hard aspect to it, or you, or athleticism, and there's more to it than just like, oh, I can fake punch or I can fake kick. That's something I hope they uh, explore more in the second season about the, the trials and pain of wrestling, like what happens in the Glow documentary or an actual. WWE and how how much of a toll it takes on their bodies and how some people actually have to retire in order to live a functional life afterwards. Are they going to have a second season? Uh, it seems I, I think Glow is very very positive positively um, just panned across all venues so far. So it looks like it might, but no word has come out that there's going to be a second season. My concern with that is if they do a second season, aren't they going to kind of get away from the the heart of what it's trying to portray because they'll have to create things? What do you mean? Like, it's dramatized now, but it's, you know, exaggerated true events of them forming this wrestling thing. What do, uh, where do they go once it's formed? They have to, they just... They do the storylines of the wrestling show. Yeah, but... Part of what draws you to the show is the characters' backgrounds, so they're going to be manufacturing that at that point, right? Well, it kind of already is manufactured in a way. It it is kind of dramatized in a sense. So, I I know, but the forefront is them getting this group together and making something happen mm-hmm. that had never been done before. In the second season, that's already been done, so there is literally nothing that's, you know, what I'm talking about. There's nothing, yeah, true. It's it's the same thing I I, I felt when I watched uh, the Thirteen Reasons Why show or whatever it was called, and uh, like once that was over, I was like, where do you go from here with this? You know, what I mean, you already you showed oh, the wait. girl. Oh wait, there's more tapes. Oh well, yeah, that's a whole controversial thing in itself. That show, but I just don't know if they can do a uh, second season and I feel like Netflix kind of I don't know you guys watch Orange is the New Black no I do not um it, it, 
I kind of fell off with the last season a little bit, but they did a really good job with uh, continuing that. And I think that that's kind of sets itself up to where it could be continued. But I see what you mean, John. Like, how are you going to tell these people's story once the wrestling comes into fold? Because they're all friends now. You built their friendship. Well, that's not necessarily true. Not everyone's story was complete at the end of the story. Like Machu Picchu still hasn't fully gotten over her her um her shyness in the ring, and Britannica still, you know, she still has feelings for Sam. You have the two main characters; they're still they're still fighting. You have the the um, Barut girl; she's still scared of um, people being actually hating her. I think you still have a lot of story left that you can use for season two. I, I see. I think the characters have the story. I'm just wondering what the overarching plot is going to be because there's an overarching story that ties them all together. And if you lose that, I mean, I, the characters don't get me wrong are great and they they have growth still. But what's the overarching draw? What's what's the the main problem? Liberty Bell getting the crown, probably keeping the ratings just like any other show. You gotta keep up the ratings, so they gotta do crazier stuff. I mean, I, I guess if you, I see, I, I think you could, you could do the ending of the show because it ends abruptly. Like it ended, like the actual show ended when it was like super popular abruptly. And I think you could accurately portray that, like the it coming to an end. It's just that middle ground where they're doing so well that I just don't know if you can tell a compelling story, unless you do a time skip, which, I mean, could honestly work. I mean, yeah, they could do, like, every episode, like, a month or something like that, or a year, or something. Liberty Bell is gonna get the crown. I gotta see Liberty Bell get the crown, guys. Well, see, at that point, you're just watching wrestling. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, would you guys mind if Netflix made their own net wrestling show now? I mean, Lucha Underground's on there. Lucha Underground's on Netflix? They're, yeah. you can. They're never gonna do that. You can watch Lucha Underground, and they kind of got, like, uh video packages for their backstage uh, stuff. Like, vignettes are, like, filmed almost like a TV series type of thing with, like, and, like, people, they kill people off on that. Like, it's really weird. It's very over the top, I'll say that. They they are really about that whole television format as opposed to traditional wrestling shows. It's kind of good, though. I mean, everything I've seen, I liked. Yeah, I mean, the, the... some of the matches are pretty cool, and it's 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 neat to see something different wrestling wise. But uh, I want to step away from uh, the wrestling talk because I do feel like this is kind of more than a uh, wrestling show. Um, what are some of the uh, the plots, the plot lines that you guys liked? What are some of the characters you guys liked? Um, what was some things that bothered you? Uh, we'll start with uh, Chris Hawk. Um, Mark Marin, uh, as Sam Sylvia, I, I really didn't like his character at first. So coming to grow to like his character, even though he's still, he's still kind of crappy. I think he's like a very unlikely hero to root for because you, you want him to have that success, but still he's, he's, he's just a, he's a, like a, a he's dick. A, yeah. He, he's, he's kind of a douche. Um. But you you do kind of see his you kind of see his his uh, positive side I think with him um, taking what's her name to the uh, abortion clinic and him trying to make things right with his uh, spoiler alert his uh, 
should I, uh, I guess a family member, uh, I'll say, uh, later on in the show. Um, John, what do you think of Mark Maron? I think he delivers a, uh, a pretty convincing performance, honestly. I'm uh, not too familiar with his stuff. I mean, I've seen a little bit of it here and there, listened to uh, one or two podcasts. Uh, but he does a really good job. And, I mean, I texted you guys, and apparently that's an internet popular opinion, is that he should, he should play Stan Lee. I can I, he could easily do I it. I could see it. There's uh, even, like, pictures that people are tweeting about of, like, comparing him to early uh, Stan Lee, and they look almost identical. I think his, it's crazy. his voice is closer to Stan Lee's than Brian Cranston's is. Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah, I, I, I once you mentioned that, and you guys were talking, you guys, and Chris Hawk kind of was like, yeah, I, I can see him doing it more than the guy from Breaking Bad. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think, I think that'd be actually pretty neat. Uh, for yeah, Mark I Marin. mean, that's what I immediately saw, but I mean, he does give a, a pretty good performance, and you do end up rooting for him in the end, which is, it's really cool to see him turn around from, like, that guy who's just there making things happen to uh, a character you want to root for. How, yeah. how about him, him McManning the uh, end of the match at the last episode? Oh, uh, doing the, uh, the swerve? The swerve, the uh, classic, it's pretty meta what happened in the last episode of um, like wrestling nowadays, stuff like that could really ha- um, has really happened, and I just thought it was pretty damn funny that the welfare queen took the crown from uh, Liberty Bell, and I thought I thought that was pretty damn funny. You gotta have the chase. Gotta have the chase. Yeah, it makes sense. You gotta tell a story. What was uh, some of your favorite um, characters in the movie from from the girls, the Glow Girls, uh, Chris Hawk? The show, not movie. John, what's, what was John Kanoki's one of favorite plots? Did I say the Whatever. movie? Yeah, you said a movie. Oh. Uh, yeah, so the show. <laughs> My bad. Chris Hawk, who are some of your favorite characters? I don't think John Kanoki said anything he, he liked about the show. He disagreed with me about Mark Maron, that's all. I mean, we could, he, well, I mean, Mario didn't go either, but answer Mario's question, Chris Hawk. Well, come on. Well, damn. Uh, We're live. Probably, We're doing it live. Um... I really like the fact that the two main characters you kind of dislike and like both of them at the same time. Like, even though Ruth is the heel, I find myself wanting her to win just as much as I dislike the Liberty Bell and how she's playing the baby face, but she's actually kind of bad. It's even though they're both kind of bad and they're both kind of good at the same time. And I went through cycles of wanting to root for the other one throughout the entire show. Uh, John, did you. Um... I almost said Chris Hawk again. John, did you feel the same way with about the two main characters? I, how can you say that uh, Liberty Bell is bad? I don't. I don't think anything happens to her that's you know good, and she rejects it. No, I just sometimes I felt that she was just not a very good uh, baby face. Sometimes that was just. I mean, her life sucks. I mean, it was just me personally. That's how I felt watching the show. <laughs> I I see what you mean, Hawk. Like, um sometimes she could be very um unopen or uh from the other girls or um unopen from doing the wrestling thing. But yeah, I mean you gotta look at it at all I think she kinda is that person where it's like you know, they kinda mock wrestling or they kinda think it's silly. 
like then, even though she's 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 pretty much vindicated in her anger and I don't know what's happening to her. I still yeah. there's still some parts where it feels like she is viewed in the light of a bad guy during the show, and you can kind of feel that. I think that's when um, it's because she doesn't want to try to understand the motive behind uh, Allison Bree's character, Ruth. Right, that's her name. Yeah. But, you know, something bad just, ha- like, her husband just cheated on her, so, you know, it's like, with her best friend, so, it, it does... Who is coincidentally Ruth, you know, I it makes sense if you look at it from the character's perspective, and I think it was done really well. That was kind of a twist, though, like, I, 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 I didn't know who that guy was until... <laughs> Did you guys notice who the guy was that she was sleeping with until after, until, um, after fact, when she finds out? I don't think they ever really tell you, do they? Until then. No, I don't. It's just a guy. Like there's, yeah, there's no clues or anything, so it was kind of surprising, there's, but there's uh, no it definitely fits the, the story arc. Mm-hmm. Is there um, any other characters that you guys uh, especially liked? I, I liked... I did like Ruth tr- uh, trying to redeem herself, and I did like Ruth trying to give her all to wrestling. Um, I do... I do, in the beginning, find her to be kind of uh, selfish in a way. Uh, but her trying to redeem herself and knowing that she did wrong, I think, made me like her more. And, uh, you know, her... Who else did I like? I, I, You know, I kind of liked all the girls in a lot of ways, because they all kind of have um, redeeming qualities, and you kind of get to understand the way they are, you know? Machu Picchu. I do like Machu Picchu because her brothers are Brutus Clay and Carlito. <laughs> Carlito, man, with that apple and that one scene, I was like, really? <laughs> are they going to do this? Easter egg. <laughs> Wrestling Easter egg. I'll tell you, I liked, uh, I really liked Karma, you know, the, uh, the welfare queen. Yeah, she was, I, I did like. She's an actual wrestler, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Who is she? She's a five-time champion in like, uh, TN- it's Karma. Oh, um, she was awesome also, Kong. Yeah, awesome really? Kong. Really? Uh, she was TNA. really good. I know. Wow. It's really believable. Yeah. And she's a wrestler, too. Like, it was, it was good. <laughs> I was wondering like, how was... she got in that ring so quick. You see her slide in that ring in one... one uh... She knew what she yeah. was doing. <laughs> she slid under those ropes. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> and you, you never really know that, like... Her character, you don't really get the sense that she's an actual wrestler. Like, she plays it off that well until the end there. But other than that, you know, it's like, you don't really get that. I mean, she's not in a ring a whole lot. She's not a huge focus. But when she is, you you believe that she doesn't know what she's doing other than, you know, selling the, the welfare. <laughs> <laughs> Got the food stamps. <laughs> food stamps. <laughs> I, like, I do like how she's kind of, you know, she kind of goes to Mark Marin. Um, Sam, and she's like, I, I don't want to play a stereotype, and they all kind of have issues with playing a stereotype, and, I mean, it, they all, I guess they all suck it up for the show, in a way, and they, they kind of try to have fun with it, but uh, what'd you guys think of uh, that um, element that they spotlighted with the stereotypes? Chris Hawk. <laughs> John, you go. You go first, John. I think it makes sense for the time period. If we if we look at eighties wrestling in general, like stereotypes were still a big seller. Like that's what people did. It was a, very much a part of the gimmicks because it was easy to do. And for the time period, I mean, 
that's what people were interested in is the the conflict in between the countries, the Cold War and all that. Like that was a big deal and people love to watch America win things. So it was easy to take someone of a, a different ethnicity and stereotype them into something for the purpose of ratings. But uh, I think it does a good job of showing that, hey, even though people did it, they weren't okay with it. And even though the people asked them to do it, they also weren't okay with it. You know, it wasn't like he was doing it because that's what he wanted to do. We saw that his original plot had nothing to do with that, but <laughs> that's what people wanted. Uh, we, um, I guess we'll come back to the girls uh, in a second, but what what do you guys think of the producer guy um, that was supplying the money until... You know, he, uh, his bank accounts got frozen. I'll tell you, again, that he makes sense. If, if, if you look at the 80s in terms of uh, the amount of money that people had, it just it makes sense that people would start blowing all this money on these ridiculous things. I mean, I get that he's like a true wrestling fan, but we do see like his drug addiction and his ridiculous parties and just blowing money. That's because people had that kind of money to get rid of. Like, the economy was doing well, and, you know, rich people got richer. That's just, that's what happened, and you get a, you get a sense of that from him, even though, you know, he kind of redeems himself later on, too, but uh, I didn't really care for him, but I didn't yeah. hate him. Chris Hawk, what did you think of the producer? I liked him, and I'm glad that it didn't fall, this show didn't fall into the pitfall of the producer and the director having, uh, like, conflict, like, a, a, like over-conflict uh, conflict yeah. problems where... It's over the um, how the show's going to be run. And I'm kind of glad they just steered into a partnership instead of being at odds the entire show. And I, I like that a lot. Ba- uh, Bash, though, I mean, he was just, he was a fun character. A- anytime he was on, um, he kind of reminds me of uh, Rob Lowe a little bit. So that's my one. Uh, I, I did get my that one I could young that. Rob Lowe vibe. He, that's my one uh, West Wing. Uh, now, um, did you guys have a favorite episode at all? Because I, I, I don't know if I can pick one, honestly. I think it's pretty easy to pick one. Okay, well, what's your favorite episode, Chris Hawk? The, the finale. Really? Yeah. I had the best episode. It was the wrestling. I th- yeah, I think I guess it's where it comes all together. Honestly, I think my favorite episode would be the episode where uh, Ruth and Debbie start to work together and train with uh, Brodus Clay and Carlito. I think that's oh, yeah, episode, the... episode seven. I think that was one of the uh, best episodes because like, it all starts to click. Yeah. I, I like the whole thing with them staying in the motel. I like any episode where you get to uh, meet the girls and you see their conflict and you see them kind of um, bonding. I liked any of any of those episodes. Um, I do like uh, the episode when she goes to the uh, wrestling show and she figures out it's like a soap opera. I went, yeah, when she sees like actual wrestling being done and how much uh, the story plays into yeah. it. Yeah, and she's like, I get it. I get it now. I get it. <laughs> Me and Chris Hawk were talking about that uh, the other night. Um, I guess what else I could, and do you guys have any, uh, questions actually before I ask something else? Well, who's your favorite character, Mario? Yeah, what dang. was your favorite plot lines? Um, I, like I said, though, I, I think I liked everybody. Uh, I like. All right, we'll pick one specific character. One, one character to like. 
so hard. I I would have to pick uh Cherry. I liked okay. I liked Cherry because I liked how she was no uh bullcrap. She was like, "Let's I'm all about this. You put me in charge. Uh let's learn what to do. Let's uh let's do this." And then you know, obviously at the end she gets the uh audition to go somewhere else elsewhere and she's kind of in that dilemma so i i if they do a season two i guess we'll see how they do that that yeah, will be explored you didn't like keith who's keith, who's was, keith? The, keith was the, he was awesome was he the butler no he was no, he was a husband oh i do like keith keith was pretty cool <laughs> yeah, he's pretty awesome yeah. man he's like i'm reffing now they said you need some, you you busy. I said no. <laughs> the best part was when he would he would talk to the wrestlers when they were when they were doing good and he would cheer them on while he was in the ring. I thought that was a pretty great thing. You know what's supposed to happen because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best is when he uh, counted to one two three. Uh, what did he say after before he knew what it was? He was like, "You're out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> um. What what else did I like plot line wise? I kind of liked. I did like the main plot line with the the Allison Brie and uh, the Liberty Bell character, um, them redeeming, you know, uh, kind of for, well, not really. I guess they kind of did forgive each other, but you know, their whole. Uh, they're not yet. They're yeah, not. They're, they're not, not there yet. Well, their conflict. They're, I like their whole plot line, I guess, and you know, them wanting. To them putting their differences aside to make to learn wrestling and to uh, put on a good match for the show and you know to better themselves, I guess. And uh, I liked, um, I don't know. I kind of liked the Wolf Girl too. Uh, <laughs> Sheila, <laughs> Sheila. I did like. I really like. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say. I mean, if you're on, if you're on the same thought, I'll let you go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go first. N- no, no. After you. I don't. I don't remember what I was gonna say. Okay. I uh, I really liked the uh, punk girl. Since we're not spoiling anything, I won't say anything about that. I do think uh, her story arc is a bit uh, predictable. Uh, after a while, I don't know about you I guys. I do like the punk girl too. I really liked her performance. Uh, she was really believable as that awkward kind of the youngest person in the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I enjoyed it. She uh, she was uh, pretty good. Um, and what what was the other? Would you favorite episode? Like I said, I guess it'd be um probably when she figures out the uh, when she goes to the the live wrestling show and and meets Alex Riley. And uh, sees her <laughs> wrestle, sees him wrestle Joey Ryan. <laughs> uh, Meets. Uh, let's actually mention some of the wrestlers there were. There, um, they they showed uh, a lot of Hulk Hogan, and when uh, in the second episode, I believe it was when Allison Brie was trying to learn. Yeah, I was like the character study. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Yeah, um. They showed uh, the two wrestlers wrestling at one. There's Brutus Clay, where he said, uh, Carlito. Uh, the two wrestlers wrestling in the first match when they got to the show was uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. And uh, it's funny because they're a tag team, so to see them wrestle was kind of funny. Um, 
I love that guy. Uh, Christopher Daniels. <laughs> yeah, he's Bring amazing. General bitches. <laughs> um, Alex Riley, Joey Ryan. Were there anybody? Was there any other uh, wrestlers you guys noticed? I'm surprised that uh, Machu Picchu's dad, like he's not an actual wrestler, but he totally could be, right? I guess he he looked like he could be. Yeah, but he's, I guess he's not. I don't know, but like he should be. That that guy's big. Yeah, that guy's huge. Oh, uh, Hulk Hogan's daughter was in one of the episodes, uh, Brooke Hogan. She was in the episode when they go to get the venue. She was the person showing him the theater. I think some of the ladies from the actual television show Glow are on there, too. Really? I think so. Because Ivory, who was on the original Glow, actually was in WWE. Um, I don't know if she was on the show or not really i don't know um i remember her from back in the day yeah right is there any other um elements you guys want to talk about with glow did you guys wanted to bring up at all anybody john i guess we could uh discuss the uh sort of feminist undertones okay i mean i guess they're prominent but at the same time i don't think they are i feel like if you uh weren't really sensitive to um i guess the uh the female struggle in terms of getting jobs in the 80s you wouldn't really think about it you just watch the show for what it is i but i think like starting it off with her reading a male's part on purpose for that uh audition she was in was showed just how like impossible it was like people didn't consider you for anything unless it was like a simple part with one line or literally porn i mean that's what they wanted you to do back then yeah because they had even less rights than you know they did at any time it was it was very much a man's world in terms of entertainment yeah and i think glow that's i think that's the significant the the significant uh a thing behind glow is that it uh it gave women a, a chance in wrestling and it, it was kind of popular for its run, you know. And it ended in the highest run and it was this whole and you know, wrestling was a man dominated thing of a form of entertainment and uh, you know, they kinda changed they kinda helped change that in a way with their show. I mean, there's still there were still issues for a while. I mean, in the early 2000s, you know, what did we only see? Remember, John was like brawl and panties matches and, you know. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very much sexualized for the purpose of uh, male entertainment. Yeah. I think it's only recently that women's wrestling has gotten back to, I mean, I guess what they originally tried to do in terms of making it something serious, but at the same time entertaining people. Yeah. Um, do, I- do you guys want to talk about... Um- Ruth, and probably one of the hardest choices she had to make in the entire show. Uh, yeah, uh, if you want to uh, talk about it, Hawk. Um, spoilers. Think, spoilers, super spoilers, by the way. Um, so I think it's one of the, like, the second to last episode where Ruth finds out that she's pregnant from Liberty Bell's husband, and she, she goes to have an abortion. And I think that's probably a very strong character development for her 
in the fact that I don't think Ruth at the beginning of the season would have done that. But the Ruth now, I think she's 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 traveled and she's, you know, she's kind of she's kind of grown up a little bit and I I think that was a character moment for her. I think it was also Did you guys, did, did you guys kinda, feel that way? Um I don't know. I I got the sense that I mean, I, I, I guess now I can see that now that you mentioned the character growth thing. Um, but mainly, I just, I just thought it was a, a, a moment that they, they wanted to you know, show like how it's not an easy thing you know, for women to go through. And it could be you know, situations like that to a reason why they go to do something like that. Um, you know, they go get abortion because they, they're not, you're, first of all, it's not s- someone who really matters and it's their best friend's husband, you know, and, and the situation will only make things worse, honestly. Uh, John, what's your opinions on that? I definitely think it does show her commitment to the, uh, the wrestling because that's, I think that's the heart of why she does it is because that's what's for the good of what's about to happen, you know? I mean, if she had to, kept it and uh had to explain that to uh Debbie it would have it would have been over yeah it would have been you know gone and i you, you definitely see her uh consider the other option but she i mean ultimately she knows what's you know good for her i will say i don't feel like it was the like the a major decision honestly i feel like she knew what she had to do from the get go but i do respect the importance of the decision not to, you know, take away mm-hmm. any significance from it, of course. It was very deep, too, and impactful, and um, I do think did that it, was did an it, element. I don't think I, I didn't expect it, really. I think it was hard-hitting. Oh. I like how they used the uh, 80s pregnancy test. Took uh, hmm. years. Oh, my God, yeah, how about that? <laughs> I appreciate that? that. I appreciate the That's time period pieces. Terrible. Well, I mean, I, I, I've talked about that before in a previous podcast where when things date themselves in, like, current or they have, like, time mismatches, it really bothers me. And I, I really respect that they uh, they stayed true to it. I felt like this was actually shot in, like, the 80s. Like, that's how good it was in terms of the uh, the period and the venues used and everything. Especially the flow and the, um, the way they... Just the, the tone and the flow of... of how the filmmaking process went was was just all like it just it did it felt like they were filming it in the 80s another thing to add on to john's comment about how how it was uh, such a time piece um chava guerrero jr was the wrestling coordinator specialist he was the hands down go-to guy about wrestling on the show and all the girls would sometime come to him with certain moves they wanted to do and he would say no, we can't do that. Those moves haven't been invented yet for the time period. And I thought, I thought that was really cool on how the, he kept it to the, the wrestling, um, to the time period. <laughs> I, 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 if he did do that, I can see that. But they did some, mat, they did some moves in that last match that were totally um, more of likely things that would have happened now in the last episode. And when Christopher Daniels does his moonsault, no one sprung up onto the top rope like that back then. You know, if they did a moonsault, it was like a regular, I'm going to climb to the top and I'm going to do a moon moonsault. Well, 
the one thing I think I can say about that is they could, I mean, I assume they did have advising to, you know, like major ridiculous moves, but I think Christopher Daniels thing, uh, that's an independent promotion, so, I mean, I, I bet people were doing stuff like that, it just hadn't hit mainstream, you know? I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess you, you'll never know, because we didn't see independence back then. I mean, I probably did the first moonsaw. Who knew? Who knows? <laughs> it was actually me. <laughs> John, you invented the moonsault, but you called it <laughs> you called it the Saturn Pepper back then. <laughs> or worship the sun, as I like to call it. Worship the, the sun. sun. <laughs> He's gone for his finishing maneuver. Worship the sun. Um, I I really honestly don't know what else to uh bring up about let's talk about the soundtrack oh dude oh the soundtrack was awesome it was pretty good uh, again it fit the 80s you know it made you it it put you in that mindset it was it's pretty good i mean from the it get-go. was very hype and the montage of them learning the moves in that one episode and wanting to put together that match or that montage of them you know training with brutus clay and carlito that felt like an 80s montage yeah something i'd seen was... in an 80s movie um I also like uh, how they ended the final match with a Pat Benatar song. That was pretty dope. Sock loves his Pat Benatar. Got to. Got to. I do like the intro to the show with the, uh, the glow. They're the, I guess it'd be the intro, right? The opening sequence to the show with glow and the neon and the, the graphic, I guess. I do like that. And I like how each episode, it, like it, it did it. After, like, you know how they started each episode off with something, and then it was like, glow. I don't know. I, I like the way they did that. Was there anything you guys didn't particularly like or didn't care for? Um, Ruth would have these lines that I would, I would cringe at a lot, where it would always be about her past or her, her um, acting. And I, I just, it, it was, it, I think it's a testament to how, good the part was for Allison Brie and how she just she made this character so selfish and so cringy that I just didn't like some of the things she said. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, she must have been been she must have uh have been trying to be an actress for quite some time. You know, I, I didn't really get an age on her either. So that was kinda like, you know, how long has she been trying to do this type of thing? I don't know. Uh, uh, I didn't really. I personally didn't like dislike anything. I mean, other than you know, the beginning was hard to get used to. Uh, them talking about behind the scenes re- stuff for wrestling, but you know, once I got over it, I enjoyed the crap out of the show. I didn't particularly care for the uh, one character, the uh, the party drug girl. Oh, Melrose. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. It's not because I dislike the character because. I mean, she fits the scenarios here, and the she's a definitely an plot. she's definitely an '80s girl. It's just they focus on her a little bit too much in the middle of the the series, you know, episode four, five, six, I think, or three, four, five, and she's kind of obnoxious at times. Yeah, and I just it just kind of like if I had been watching it and only watching it like at that point. I might not have wanted to, just because she kind of turned me off from the whole scenario. Everyone else, like I, I could easily watch and get more of, minus the, uh, the, the two girls that played, you know, old ladies, because 
we don't get really anything for them. What? But... Those are the best characters. <laughs> oh, so Chris Hawk, you like them? Why didn't you say that earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I I I like the old biddies. I think that I thought they were pretty funny. How about their prank call thing when they prank called everybody? I mean, that's definitely something they did back yeah. then. How about uh, when she, he, the Russian guy at the motel took uh, Ruth to the uh, the Jewish bar mitzvah or whatever it was, um, the family gathering? And I really, it really, uh, it beats my expectations of how I thought Ruth was going to crash and burn at this party, and she ends up being a smash hit. Because <laughs> of Barbara Streisand? Because <laughs> of Barbara Streisand. Yentl. Yentl. Yeah, the best is when she comes in talking like the old Jewish lady, and she's got the thing, and then she instantly goes... It's a new, it's new yeah, gimmick. Yeah, new gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> her, her exploring gimmicks was a pretty high... Uh, a cool highlight of the show, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, overall, I mean, there's not much to dislike about the show. It was, it was really good. So for our uh, Master of None discussion, uh, me and Chris Hawk... Um, we, what did we say? We would say we said if we wanted to rewatch it, and since Netflix we does said, this, yeah, go ahead. We said, uh, yeah, we said, um, do you think it was worth the watch? And what kind of feelings did you get out of this show? What, what, what did it make you feel? Because I don't, I don't know if a rating system works for like ten episodes. Because sometimes you'd have to rate each episode differently. Because some of them are better than the or than each other. Or if you want to rate it, John, on a scale of one to ten, you can. But I know. I'm going to do it differently without the Rubicon. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm going to give it a Netflix thumbs up or thumbs down. That's what I'm going to do after uh, I asked Chris Hawk what motions he felt watching Glow. Okay. Three different, uh, <laughs> three different reading types. Let's go. So Glow, I, um, I finished this Glow in two days, uh, non-consecutive days, but they were two days. And I, I, feel like this might be one of the top echelon of Netflix shows. It's it draws you in from the first episode and if you weren't a wrestling fan, I think you become a wrestling um fan by the you, end. I, you become a uh I guess you would uh, not a fan, but you would a you sympathizer. would appreciate Yeah, you would appreciate uh the stuff that goes into wrestling, I feel like. It it makes you feel the fun in wrestling. It makes it brings back the fun that's lacking sometimes from the shows nowadays. Or maybe it's because it's women wrestling, or maybe it's just because they have a little bit more heart. And it's maybe it's 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 shorter in uh, terms of matches between matches. Maybe it's the intention span. It could be many different things. Dramatization. Just, yeah, it's 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 a lot more funner. It's more fun than uh, wrestling nowadays in my opinion what i felt was um i felt jubilant and like an ex an ecstasy type uh feelings whenever they would wrestle i think wrestling was definitely the highlight of the show about wrestling which is funny i mean the the drama stuff is good but i think the wrestling stuff is where this show shines and it's like the the couple there's only a couple episodes when they actually do wrestle and i think it's the best part of the show uh, I think overall, the best word word to describe this show would be it's it is sensational. It is it is through and through sensational. I think everyone 
throughout the entire show does put in their own twist or their own time on this on the on this show and it really does it it gives into the fruits of their label i mean you can see that this this is a good show because everyone puts in their time and i think fun is the best way to describe glow uh i i have to uh agree with you it is fun um there was a lot there was some parts um especially when uh like uh what's her name Machu Picchu uh when she looks at her dad and her dad's rooting her on that was uh kind of emotional for me and uh uh, just certain certain moments were uh, of the wrestling part was emotional for me, but I I I do think it's more about the women's growth, um, uh, and them developing and them and all of them getting redemption is and wrestling's just the backdrop in my opinion. But I'm gonna give Glow a thumbs up on Netflix. John Kanuki. I'll go a more traditional rating. I will rate it out of 10. I think I can do that. <laughs> I, I would see in specific cases that uh, you could not do that. Uh, I'll say that uh, building off what Chris Hawk said, I think part of the reason the wrestling is the best part is the build-up. I think if you didn't watch the build-up and you just watched the wrestling, it wouldn't be the best part. So It's really a complete series when that's the case, when one part is really good, but it's not good without the rest of it. And I mean, honestly, I would easily give the series a nine out of ten. I don't. I'm not Nick and Oki. I don't give away perfect scores ah. like candy, but easily a nine out of ten. It is. It's definitely worth watching. Um, obviously not a, not safe for work, not safe for children. Yeah, but uh, definitely worth watching if you've got the time. You like wrestling, or you know you just want to see what everybody's talking about because. I've already heard at least three people at my work talking about it, and I know they don't watch wrestling, so. That's pretty so cool. John liked it. John liked of it. Of course. Of course John liked it. Uh, one last question. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> one last question. Um, is, do you think you will rewatch this um, by yourself or with somebody else? Or do you think you could? I'll go first. I, I think I could rewatch it. I don't think I will unless somebody else was watching it with me, but even then it's not something I'd prioritize to rewatch with someone. Mm-hmm. I do think it's great the first time, but I don't know that I'd watch it again just because I'm not sure that there's anything to be gained from that. That's not to say, you know, if it had a billion seasons, I wouldn't rewatch it, but I, don't, I just don't see that happening. Chris, I, I probably will, will watch we watched the finale again because I just think the, there's a lot going on in the finale and it, it was just, it was just a good ep- I, It's my favorite episode to begin with. And I just thought it was just entertainment through and through, uh, in general, the whole series. Um, I thought about rewatching it earlier today and I instead watched the glow documentary. So we'll see, see what happens. I personally think I am, Going to rewatch this uh, down the road. Honestly, I think I would show other people that, like, if I wanted to watch this with my girlfriend, or what if I wanted to watch this with, uh, not watching it with my dad, because my dad's a, you know, I don't think my my dad's gonna call out how bad their wrestling is, and you know he's gonna call out 
you, you know them showing the backstage stuff of wrestling. Um, I could watch this with my girlfriend. I think I could watch this with my grandmother. Maybe you know, maybe not uh, some of the first episode. Uh, Mark Mark Maron's butt. Um, that's but- terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I think I could watch it. Yes. Um. So. I guess we'll uh we'll kind of end the discussion there uh on Glow. Um check it out. It's on Netflix. If you're not a big wrestling uh fan, I I think this will you'll appreciate wrestling after this, but uh like we said it it there's a lot of uh, other elements to it that make it uh watchable. This show is easily binged binged watched too because it just it's very oh, very easy watching. Very not, easy watching. Not, I couldn't stop watching it. They're also not hour-long episodes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Even though it seemed like it was <laughs> to me. Um, so, yeah, do you guys want to do weekly recommends on this episode? I pick Glow. <laughs> John, do you have a weekly recommend, or do you want to wait till our take? Uh, I don't think I have one currently. I'd have to think about it, and we don't have time for yeah. that. I'm just going to... I'll second Glow. Uh, second Glow. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend Sirens. That it's on Netflix and Hulu. It's kind of if you like Scrubs or if you like um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. No Scrubs. Scrubs gonna be no love for me. Hey, that's copyrighted. Or if you like, um, what's another show like that? If you kind of like New Girl, uh, something you know, some more of the goofy shows. Uh, it kind of makes fun of like you know the Chicago Med and all that stuff. But I'd say it's more like Scrubs and in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it's uh, called Sirens, so check it out. But uh, we're Cinema 7. Check us out on social media and uh, interact with us there at Cinema 7 underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, On Facebook, we're Cinema 7. You can look us up at Cinema 7 underscore podcast on uh, Instagram. We're on Tumblr. You know, if if you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure to rate and review us. Uh, definitely subscribe so you can get all our new episodes downloaded instantly when they come out. Um, what else are we on? Cast Crunch, Last.fm if you want to go on there. Um, we're also on Stitcher, uh, which is a radio broadcast podcast app. And we're also on Google Play for Android users. So if you have an Android and you don't, don't want to use any of the other ones or if whatever you're listening to us on, you're like, oh, Google Play, heck yeah, you know, uh, listen to us on there. Um, and tell your def- friends. Tell your friends and check out um, our picture fix it episode of Spider Man Three, where we try to fix Spider Man Three. Uh, we we uh, try to make it our own in the trilogy and end the trilogy off right, or set up more with uh, Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi. So check that out. Um, the first part uh, we let uh, from Fireside Comics, uh, Chris Poole uh, guests on it, and he kind of gives his uh fix on it and uh you can hear his part in the beginning and then after that he had to he was short on time so he had to leave but uh chris hawk uh john and i all give our uh fixes of spider-man 3 and they're definitely worthwhile and definitely worth uh listening to so uh check out that episode uh we're cinema 7 chris hawk send us off so as always from cinema 7 we want to thank you for listening with us we want to thank you for watching with us and we want to thank you for exploring with us
Hey, this is John Kenogi with Cinema 7, a entertainment slash gaming slash uh, all around media podcast. I'm um, just coming at you to give you uh, a little bit about what we do and what we've got going on. Uh, we do a couple different episodes. Uh, we have an hour take episode. We discuss movie news, what movie we just saw, our opinion on it. Um, we've recently done Wonder Woman, The Mummy, uh, other things coming up. Uh, we do Pitch It or Fix It. We pitch a movie. For instance, we've done a Venom, Mace Windu movie. Or we fix a movie. We plan to fix movies that we thought could have been better or had potential. We do gaming episodes about the various gaming things going on in uh, that realm of media. We do Fire and Ice specials where uh, my co-hosts, Chris Hawk and Mari Bakari, uh, disagree on something. So they debate it out on air on podcast while I moderate and hopefully they don't kill each other in front of me. Uh, we do also do Overdue, um, those movies that everybody says you should have seen that we haven't seen. Um, if you haven't seen The Godfather, you should have seen it. So we're going to talk about it because we haven't seen it either, for instance. And we do take twos where we take a second look at movies that we initially didn't like or didn't think were that great. And we just see if maybe it got better. Maybe it holds up. Uh, we just, you know, see what's going on there. Uh, but you can check us out on Facebook, uh, Cinema 7, you can find us. Uh, Twitter, Cinema 7 underscore podcast. You can uh, find us on Patreon, Cinema 7. It's easily searchable. We have plenty of reward tiers. You donate us a dollar, I'll mention your name on the podcast, even if you don't listen to it. So just uh, give us a listen. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Subscribe to our newsletter, or don't. That's up to you. Uh, but thanks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>